0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple, to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics, ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, guys, gals, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. I'm gonna be on my own today. We gave the, the big guy a day off gotten a lot of questions lately surprisingly about the usage of technology and the well mostly the negative uh, observations about it. I think there's some good positive things about it too but you know as humans we like to focus on the negative stuff again not because we're just negative Nellie's bad people just probably more because we're biologically wired up to be looking for threats we t- talked about that so again i'm trying not to have you blame yourself so much so i thought as a we're gonna do a quick one today i haven't been feeling that great stomach stuff continues to ravage through my house and covid again which suck luckily i don't have the covid thing knock on wood uh but so i'm a, a little tired today and i don't want to push it and i don't want to push you so we'll make this easy. <laughs> Famous last words. Can we talk about technology for a little bit and its effects on our performance? I think this will probably be a two or three parter. Well, let's look at maybe what, how, what are we doing with technology? How do we use it? What's been going on with it? The. The historical trending data on usage hasn't really been updated since 2022. but the you know the categories that we use, technology, there's internet usage, which is the global internet penetration. It continues to rise. More and more people gain access to the internet. And we just if you think about it, everything is done on the internet. You listening to this is on the internet. It's how we live, and it's a, it's really a quite an amazing thing in many respects social media these platforms continue to be used with billions of active users on platforms like facebook instagram twitter linkedin there's video content consumptions youtube TikTok. that's increased it continues to increase regardless of all of the i mean quite frankly illegal crap that goes on on these things and the way that it's it's you know, the stalking that happens with young kids and it can, continues to rise. People want to use it. Smartphone usage. The majority of internet users access the web through smartphones. That's Certainly, that's how I do it, you know. Well, I guess I probably use a computer more than the smartphone, but everything's connected to the internet and the phone. 5G technology uh, adoption. It's growing, providing faster, more reliable internet connectivity. There's e-commerce. Amazon. You can't drive without seeing 25 Amazon trucks on your, on your uh, street. And then there's artificial intelligence. That's really coming. That's been here since the 90s, but now it's, it's, it's affordable. It's accessible. Heck, it's free. AI technology, it, it, it's integrated into like, various industries, from virtual assistants to machine learning applications. We're using it in healthcare, finance, and certainly, in education, that's creating a lot of problems. It's funny when I read things now, I can tell if it was Chat GPT that wrote it because it, it uses some of these sort of uh, like cringeworthy, verbose language. It's a pretty good indication, Chat GPT wrote it. Cybersecurity, the importance of that, it's continued to grow as digital threats and cyber attacks become. Much more sophisticated, I mean, every day on the news, which I don't listen to, but when I catch glimpses of it, it's somebody got hacked and all your information got spilled out. And then there's remote work, which has gained a lot of exceptions since COVID. Lift effect, boy, we we are a remote company because pilots are all over the world, and we've made it accessible. V1 is, I mean, there's some in-person things that are on the horizon but we meet remotely and it's it's wonderful it's fantastic all of these things are great things so i'm not here to just trash them well kind of if you look at 2022 stats the internet growth um since the early 90s it's it's just it's taken over the world smartphones most of the population regardless of socioeconomic status in this country our country and in china industrialized nations have smartphones so it used to be just something for the affluent wealthy people and now it's not it's just how we how we connect i see people that are homeless that have smartphones you can go get a smartphone for 25 bucks you can get smartphones for free And maybe that's okay. I mean, why shouldn't people have the ability to be connected regardless of their means? Social media, huge stats on that. So anyways, you get the point. One of the questions that I've been asked in the last week and even in some sessions I've done with some of my clients is a kind of a, a, a reflection on what are the costs of using these platforms and so i thought maybe we could talk about that and this is anecdotally from my perspective of working at lift effect and in, in v1 and where we really try to work on how we use these these tools and our our motto is If you don't learn to use these things as a tool, you will become the tool for these things. And I don't mean tool like you're an idiot. I mean, no, you're the tool to sell things to, for you to buy things. Because that's how these platforms are designed, especially if you're not paying for it. Then it is about you. They're going to get their money by having you buy things that they're advertising to you, whether it's subliminally or it's, you know, it's very overt. So let's maybe look at the costs. So anecdotally, and, oh, let me go back to what I was saying. From my observations and also what the research is starting to indicate, these are are some of the costs. I think we'll cover that today and then we'll stop. And we'll expand on this when we get when we get Carl back and we'll we'll maybe go deeper into this. We'll see We'll see what, kind of what response this episode gets. This is, I'm recording this uh, for this week, the first week of February. So the first cost, the first thing that goes, and this is widely written about, is our attention. Attention really means our ability to put our mind where we want when we want it. If you think about attention, I like to think about it like it's a spotlight where it's a flashlight, very narrow beam flashlight, and you're in a dark room. Well, if you don't shine the light where you want to see, you're not going to be able to see. And that's what attention does for us. It allows us to draw into our awareness with some intentionality, if we are able to point the beam where we need it, to see what we need to see. And that's a very important skill is to be able to do that And it's to do that with intentionality when you need it. Think about professionally how we use it. That's really important. You've got to be able to point that beam at the right time, the right place, or bad things start to happen. This is our most fundamental attribute of happiness and well-being, actually, is being able to put our mind where we want it, when we want it. Any psychologist or psychotherapist worth their salt is going to tell you this. Your ability to shine your spotlight of attention at will rather than ruminating and reprocessing all the negative or aversive things that have happened in your life, it determines your well-being. It determines how you feel in the moment and how you feel long-term. It determines almost all of your health metrics. Not being able to put your attention where you want it, when you want it, it's, it, is is critical. And we're trading our most valuable asset for all of these free, quote-unquote, tools. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Herbert Simon, who won a Nobel Prize several decades ago, said that, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention when you have a constant stream of external stimuli your mind needs to digest that just like your body has to digest food your mind has to digest what you're feeding it what you're putting into it so when we over consume media and i think about you know the I used to, I noticed this years ago, um, like flying corporate or when you were, you know, in an FBO. I don't go into FBOs too often anymore, but there's always like three news stations on. It's just going, going, and there's these, you know, guys, typically some gals. They're just sitting in front of it, just kind of washing themselves over with these these uh news programs quote-unquote news and i'm not a fake news guy right i think yeah i'm, I'm every, i think it's you know yeah there's a lot of bs out there but some news is good some of it isn't i don't think everything's fake i think it's all histrionic 100 percent, because that's what sells but i digress these free tools and when we overconsume them and think about with the smartphone in front of your face, I mean I, I see it nonstop, even when people are driving. I just I walk my dog every day and I look at people that are driving past and I would say six out of ten have their phone up. What well, not when they're parked, when they're driving. This is a serious problem. I don't think people can take a dump without Scrolling. Seriously. People can't eat a meal alone without scrolling. I had to run into the mall to pick up some eyeglasses. And I was walking through the food court. And every single person by themselves had their phone up. They can't eat a meal without scrolling. So... When we consume all this information, this media, news information, we will wake up the next morning still trying to process what we consumed the day before. That's how the brain works. That's just neuroscience. So think about that. If you are, it'd be like eating a Thanksgiving dinner at Ruby Tuesday's buffet every single moment of every day. How would your digestive system function? Well, this is what we're doing to our, our brain with all this information. So the first impact is our, our ability to f- focus our attention, negative impact. The second one that the research is showing, and I think we can all relate to this, is time. From a pure time perspective, if you spend 25 minutes a day, that adds up to, I mean, in 25 minutes a day, is nothing in terms of social media look at your kids sometimes it's i talked to one particular client i think it was six hours a day this is when the kids are in school so that means every waking moment that they're not in school and oh they're on ipads at school too every literally every waking moment is spent with a screen in front of their face But if you just spend 25 minutes a day, that adds up to two years over the course of your lifetime. Now, the average person spends three hours online, and we're not talking about working, just outside of work, which is 100 hours a month or 11 years of their life if they live the standard longevity lifetime. 11 years. Was it worth it? Are you gonna sit on your deathbed and be like, "Yeah, I'm really glad I scrolled for 11 years. It was great." So time goes out the window. Productivity—we talked about productivity—and I think there's this tendency to be overproductive in our society. It's sometimes it's good to be underproductive, but email is—it's like very fascinating. It takes the average person six seconds to open up a new email after receiving it. And when you switch tasks, it takes 25 minutes to get back to where you were. No time is, is spent in peak productivity mode. So think about that. It, what, like, and I don't know what the data is. I didn't find a study on, on messaging, what that does. But if you're working on a task, or let's say even having a conversation... Or paying attention to your kids on the playground or driving a car you get an email pops up or text because it's got to be correlated at some level you've just fractured your attention and your productivity and now it's going to take you 25 minutes to recalibrate and get back into the mode it's like doing a checklist and the flight attendant comes in and just interrupts you know what that does you're like yeah, I've, we have to start over because we don't know where we left off it's that that that's the limitation of the brain so productivity is massively hindered by these platforms connection this is the oh man this is the one that literally makes me tear up they call it, I mean, it's like a, a DSM diagnosis, you know. It's the iPhone effect. It's funny they call it the iPhone, because I guess everybody's got iPhones, most people. Simply having a phone present, and that's sorry to my Android users. It's no disrespect to you. I know you guys get mad. Simply having a phone present, and this is what's interesting. It doesn't even need to be your phone, and it actually doesn't even need to be on The research shows that that significantly diminishes connection. So here's a very practical tool I challenge you. Maybe this is the challenge for today. Remove your phone from sight and touch when you want to connect with someone else. So it's not just limited to going out to dinner where you really shouldn't be doing that. Especially if you're out with friends. It's crazy. People get together. Oh, we haven't seen each other in so long. And then they are both get their phones in front of their faces. Why bother? To me, that just makes it worse. You know, if you go out to dinner with me, be prepared. I'm going to be like, put that shit away. Leave that shit in the car. If, if you need to be tethered to your phone... Over dinner then we shouldn't be having dinner this is not where you need to be you've got other things going on but more practically when you're with your children or with your partner or with a friend or if you're trying to watch a movie (laughs) or read a book or look at uh, you know, you climb a mountain and you get to the top, and everybody's trying to get their pictures instead of just taking in the memory of being there. They've got to they got to get the perfect photo, and then as soon as they get the photo, they just go back down the mountain. It's like this is this is crazy. You want to remember it from a photo? I want to remember it from my mind. So I challenge you, remove your phone from sight. I mean, even if it's just there across the room, it's like this glowing orb of crack and heroin. You're like, I just need a fix. I just just need that fix. Remove it. The research shows it just being there has the same effect, the iPhone effect, which disrupts connection. So we talked about our tension that goes, that's a cost. Our time goes out the window. Our productivity goes out the window. Our connection goes out the window. And then our energy goes out the window. If you're inputting and the last thing you do before you go to bed is input into your phone, you actually significantly diminish the amount of sleep you will get. So, what is it? You know, what's the buffer zone? How much time before you know last input to sleep? There's lots of arguments on this, but i I think, based on all of the the research that's known to this point, I think at least an hour from tech, it will significantly improve your sleep. I mean, and I'll tell you that and I and I am guilty of this too, my friends, I am not. Like, you know, the you know it's the pot calling the kettle black. I have to fight with this every day. I have pickled my brain with technology, just like you have. And a pickle can never go back to being a cucumber. That's a famous Brian Johnson quote. Brian Johnson's great coach. Once you're pickled, you're pickled. I am pickled. It's like an addict. You know, I am powerless over this thing. So I have to work very, very hard at this. So to be able to remove this thing an hour or two before you go to sleep, it is, it, it takes God-like discipline to be able to do this, to be able to make this change. The second part to energy is to cycle on and off, which is what we talked about last week. That energy management piece. You got to get on, you got to get off. And what this really comes down to is being able to do deep work. Undistracted, unfractured work. That's me doing this podcast right now. This is deep work for me, right? There's no phones in front of me. Yes, there's a screen because I'm recording it onto a digital screen. But that's it. There is nothing else. There's a piece of paper with a few notes I jotted down when I thought this morning about what I wanted to talk about. This was kind of on my heart when I woke up, really the last couple of days. And I've been very deeply affected by some of my clients that are really battling with the, it's like they drowned by this and they're trying to recover. These are my younger clients that have grown up with this. They've never known anything else. But they're starting to know something else, which is amazing. So deep work. The opposite of deep work, obviously, is shallow work it's that fractured attention work. It's constantly looking at the email, looking at the text, ding 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 and then 25 minutes to ramp back up. So what you put down in those 25 minutes is kind of garbage. It's or you're not really there. You're not able to process and be creative with how you're approaching something whether it's a woodworking project or sweeping your garage or having a conversation with somebody else or writing something down or writing a book or writing a journal entry or playing a piece of music or learning a new uh, playing a sport going hunting whatever you do snowmobiling skiing snowboarding if you're not in it you're just you're probably going to hurt yourself actually or you're just not going to you're not going to get much out of it that's what I mean by deep work so you got to cycle on and off It's important to oscillate back and forth and back and forth. And then the last piece, the last negative impact that's shown in the research is happiness. Now, I don't think that you have to be happy all the time. I think that's an unworkable schema, that society tells us that too right you look on instagram and you look on facebook and it is it is the message of you need to be glorious and happy and rocking it all the time you got to be ripped you got to be hot you got to be rich you got to have more you got to be like you got to be like me man look at me on my yacht or with my plane or look how wonderful my vacation is and look you can it's nothing wrong with sharing those things but please understand What you're not seeing is all of the dysfunction that's also there because nobody wants to film their dysfunction. They want to present the best view of themselves from the outside because they want approval. That's biological. But the problem is, is when that's all you see, you start to think, oh, that's what normal is. That's what it's supposed to be. Got to be happy all the time. Is that workable? Is that doable? That's impossible. But actually having moments of true happiness that are authentic, that can happen. And these technologies rip that away. Which is the most devastating impact of all. They literally stop you from being able to experience the authentic experience of happiness. That's the part that disturbs the crap out of me. So, I hate to leave this in you know such of a, a kind of a negative, negative light. We will talk about, I will talk about the positives of technology. I promise. I'll talk about that as we move forward. Not today. I think it's okay to, 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 to devastate you a little bit. Somebody said to me, I and I this is kind of my one of my uh, friends, Carl Bryan, he's great coach, great business coach. I mean, kind of like preeminent. He's a good friend of mine. You know, he always he taught me and, and I've really worked at this when I when I go give a talk or I, I I don't want a standing ovation. I want to leave you with your head in your hands. Because that's how change happens, right? Yeah, applaud. Oh, look how wonderful. That's fine. That's a quick dopamine hit, but it doesn't make it doesn't create change. What creates change is awareness. I want us to become more aware. I challenge you to become more aware, even if it's a little painful. It will it'll allow you to punch through to what's on the other side, which is authenticity and happiness. Opportunities for happiness. But you gotta become aware, it's like the stall. If you're not aware of of a stall, you can't correct for it. You just think you're a victim and the wings have fallen off and you're crashing to the ground. When you become aware, you can actually correct for it. So I, I want you to meditate and reflect and think about these costs. Our attention, our time, our productivity, our connection to others, our overall energy and our happiness. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to the Lift Effect Podcast. Dot pod bean, that's P O D B E A N.com. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect, a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect Podcast.